Want to learn how to leverage your marketing to get clients on repeat? Charge a fee that leaves you with money in your pocket even after you've finished paying your bills? And finally, stop working with the clients that you've long outgrown? Liberated Business is a transformational program that combines group and one-on-one work so you get the best results possible. This differs from every other program out there because it helps you make money while supporting your joy and liberation throughout your entrepreneurial journey. Liberated Business starts this June and runs through November, and enrollment is open now. Visit thebadtherapist.coach liberatedbusiness to get all of the details and sign up. DM me on Instagram at thebadtherapist with any questions or to learn more. I cannot wait to get started with you. We're giving you the best practices, but we also definitely don't want to communicate this idea that you have to have this in order to succeed, right? Exactly. I think too, it's just something like once you get your business going and you feel like you want to elevate or like it for sure is something that can help you grow your business. But like you're saying, it doesn't need to stop you from having a successful business. Um, And so like it's when you're ready to elevate or take it to the next steps or I mean, the things I shared today, like you can totally add a button to your site for free. Like that's super easy and you can do that yourself. So yeah, this should not be a barrier to entry in any way. Hey there, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show, the podcast for current and aspiring private practice therapists who want to earn more money, work less, and have a way bigger impact. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist former goody-goody therapist turned six-figure private practice owner and therapist business coach. I'm here to help you learn everything you need to know about private practice and expanding beyond the one-to-one model so you can earn more money and increase your impact as a therapist without burning out or hustling. Using my proven liberated business method, therapists at all stages of business have been able to grow their income while becoming even better therapists. And I'm on a mission to help you do the same. It's time for you to get your time back and enjoy being a therapist again. You ready? Let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show. I am Felicia, The Bad Therapist, and today I am joined by special guest Sarah Bussey of Magdalene Designs. Sarah is a website designer, and this is something that pretty much any modern therapist has at this point. So I wanted to bring her on to talk about what's really important when it comes to therapist websites. So Sarah, could you begin by just introducing yourself to listeners? Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. I'm so happy to be here. So yeah, like you said, I am a strategic website designer for high ticket service providers, which I don't know if therapists always think of themselves as high ticket, but kind of like what you talk about in your business of like a cash pay private practice compared to like a larger company that, you know, might take insurance or something, I think that can be considered high ticket for clients that are considering therapy. Um, but yeah, yes. my goal is to combine beautiful design with strategy and user experience to help to help create websites that actually grow your business. And so, yeah, I live in Western Wisconsin, tucked in a little valley with my husband and my new baby and all the chickens, ducks, dogs and cats. So yeah, that's me. Awesome. Yeah, I love what you said about therapists being high ticket providers. I mean, when we think about how much our clients are paying us over the course of their time in therapy, obviously that is a lot of money. And I do think more and more therapists are charging to, are starting to charge higher fees, which is of course something that I preach. 
uh, not, it's not always the case that if you charge higher fees, you can't also have sliding scale spots, but we're, we're starting to confront this thing that's been happening in the industry for a really long time, which is therapists getting underpaid. And more and more therapists are starting to think about their businesses in a different way. They're not just thinking about their businesses as a way to help people. They're thinking about them as actual businesses and a successful business should give the owner, uh, enough income to live comfortably and to, look for ways to be making a bigger impact. So I love that you're thinking about how effective websites can actually help therapists do that. Yeah, totally. I just I think it's just a a little bit of an industry shift too. And like thinking of yourself as a high ticket service provider, and like, you have more capacity to give when you're being fairly compensated. And that's something that I think a lot about too. Yeah, I imagine in your own business as a solopreneur that that's something you have to confront. And if you don't mind my asking, like, I'm curious, could you share a little bit about your own journey around that? Did you have to go through your own transformation around what to charge for your services? Were you always comfortable charging higher ticket uh, pricing for your services? Or did you start out feeling nervous or shy or maybe even guilty about that? Yeah, totally. I mean, I started my business and like, you know, you're charging kind of bare minimum when you're getting started. Um, and it's just a process of learning learning to raise your prices and feeling okay about that. I think you talk a lot about mindset work and I think it takes a lot of that to get to a place where you're comfortable and like, you know, like I am someone that can charge this and this like my product is this valuable or, you know, like my service is this valuable. Um, And it's something too, like I started my business wanting to help people and like growing up, I always thought I wanted to help people, whether that was like Uh, In my mind, it was working for a nonprofit or UNICEF and, you know, something like that where you get paid pennies and you're just like doing the most but getting paid so little. And so it was a mindset shift for me to like I help people better when like I'm in a place of abundance and I'm getting compensated fairly, you know, like not outrageous prices, but like comfortable and like, you know, yeah, that fair compensation I think is really important to be able to give and help in a greater capacity. Yeah, I think so many of the people that I've had on as guests are very similar to therapists and that they've created businesses really with the heart of wanting to help people. And we so often come up against this block where we have been thinking that helping people has to mean that we have low prices or that we are uh, suffering in some area of our life. Like you said, we're We're doing the most, but getting paid the least. And more and more people are, rather than just burning out and leaving the field, are saying, well, wait a minute, this clearly isn't working, but I don't want to leave the field. So how can I stay in it in a way that is going to be sustainable for me? And I think the the accountants I've had on the show, uh, like all the different experts that I've had who work with therapists are often in like a similar dynamic (laughs) where they also Mm -hmm. are having to confront their own guilt. And the same way that therapists will express concern about, uh, well, I can't raise my prices because the people that I'm helping can't afford it. You'll hear people working with therapists express the same concerns. Well, I work with therapists, so I can't raise my prices because therapists can't afford it. It's kind of like this uh, domino effect of like, we're not getting paid well, so we have a hard time paying service, uh, the people that we hire well. But more and more, this is transforming. And I can imagine that when people hire you to help create a website, that that can help them feel more confident in charging higher fees because now they have, not only are they providing the service that is really valuable, which was already the case, 
But now they have a professional website that they can feel really good about, they can feel really proud of, and that can help them uh, help with the mindset aspect around being able to charge higher fees. Yeah, totally. I mean, a a professional website totally legitimizes your business. And like, you know, when you hop on a website and you're like, is this a real business even? Like, it's just a little janky. But, you know, having a real professional presence like really would boost your confidence and the confidence in the mind of this website visitor. They're like, oh, this person is legitimate. These prices make sense. Or I was expecting even your prices to be more expensive because of how like professional and beautiful and strategic this website is. And I think too, to another point on um, just like charging what you're worth, like Russell Brunson talks about this of like he had this event where he was charging $25,000 a ticket. So super high ticket. And he let in a couple friends for free. And the two people that um, got in for free made zero money back like they didn't make an investment so they got zero money back and all of the people that paid the $25,000 made that back and then some and so like there is something about making an an investment in your business so that like you really it shows yourself that you're taking it really seriously and you're more motivated to like make that back oh absolutely I have so found that in my business and I hear other therapists uh, that I know talk about this too. Usually they're not my clients. Usually they're, usually once people become my clients, they've done a lot of work around this or, or even in the process of hiring me, this thing can start to shift. But I'll hear therapists say when we're talking about their pricing, they'll say something like, well, I wouldn't pay that much for therapy, you know, when we're talking about raising their prices. And it's like, yes, that is, that is in fact part of the problem. And I, I don't want to say, I I think it can be a bit tricky. I don't think you or I are saying like, well, in order to make X number of dollars, you have to have already spent X number of dollars. I don't think Mm -hmm. that's exactly true. But I do think that for a lot of us, spending that money, investing it in our own businesses does in fact end up being a portal to us being able to charge those same prices or higher prices in our own businesses. It doesn't always work that way. But in my own experience, it has 100% worked that way. I've noticed that when I've been willing to spend an amount of money that scares me, and it really isn't even about how much money that is, right? There are certain points in my life where spending $100 was really scary. And now there are points where spending $5,000 is really scary, right? But the point is finding what that edge is for you. And so often that can open up a portal for you to say, well, hey, wait a minute, I can do this too. And to your point, it It makes you feel like you're taking yourself seriously. So at one point in my business, that was renting an office that made me feel really good. When I walked into the space, I was like, yeah, I am a therapist. Look at my office. This place is beautiful. I feel really good about inviting my clients here. And a website is kind of like that in a virtual space. Like it's not the office, but it's it's the place that clients and potential clients will first encounter you. It's it's a curated space and it's it's a way to signal to them what being in your presence is going to feel like, what working with you is going to feel like. So I wonder, Sarah, if you could start to talk a little bit more about websites for therapists. What should a therapist have on their homepage? Uh, what should a strategic homepage actually include? Yeah. So there are 12 things that I like to include on websites for therapists in order to convert those site visitors. So the first thing that therapists and everyone needs on their website is a headline, obviously, but it needs to be a strategic headline that when someone reads it, they're like, oh, yes, I am in the right spot. This person is for me. 
And so you actually have 0.05 seconds to capture someone's attention when they land on your website. Um, and that's largely aesthetic because um, you're not reading anything in 0.05 seconds. So you want to make sure you have a beautiful website, but then you have half a second once someone starts reading your copy for them to to keep their attention and to keep them on your website. And so that's where having a really strategic headline comes in. Um, I actually do have a resource on my website that um, has three headline homepage headline formulas if people are interested in that. But just making sure that when they read it, they're like, yep, I am in the right spot. That's the biggest thing for a headline. Yeah. On that point, it seems like niching would be really important here. I think a lot of therapists hesitate to get really specific, but if you want to write an effective headline, you want you want an individual person when landing on your website to have the sense, it just hits them in the chest where it's like, ah, this is the person for me. You'll need to be speaking to a specific person. Is that not right? Yeah, that's so true. It really helps. Like, you're not going to get that, ooh, this is for me feeling without having a specific niche because anything vague like therapy, like, you know, that's just not going to work. I see a lot of people just do therapy in St. Paul, Minnesota or whatever. And that's just like so vague that people aren't going to resonate with that. And so having something like um, if you work with young women that struggle with anxiety, like pointing out that pain point or a dream scenario of like, you don't have to wake up with crippling anxiety every day. Something like that, where it's just like, oh, I experienced that and I want to not live like that anymore. Like that's what resonates with people. And so um, the second thing then that you need on your website are clear call to actions, aka buttons in strategic places. So you want a clear call to action, nothing like learn more. You want it to be like schedule a consultation or call now. So you want a button right below that headline. And you also want one in the upper right hand corner. Um, this is something I see going away. I think people are like, that's so boring. That's been done. Like there's buttons in the upper right hand corner on every single website ever. But in this case, you want boring because that's expected and people are going to go to that upper right hand corner to click to schedule a consultation or whatever it is, because that's just a known user experience. And that reduces friction because if you get rid of something that people are expecting, that just creates unnecessary friction. So yeah, you want that button right below the headline in the upper right hand corner and then sprinkled throughout the page and sprinkled throughout the website. You want those call to action buttons because they might not be ready to click that button first thing. But as they're scrolling and learning more about your services and who you are, they might be ready to hit that schedule a consultation button at any time. And so it's just important to have that um, in more than one place. So then the third thing that you want on your homepage is to portray in some way the pain points of your customer. So if like the example we were talking about, a young woman with anxiety, you want to list out like maybe you'll say, does this sound familiar? And you'll bullet point those those pain points that she's experiencing. Because if you're able to lay out your client's pain points in their own words and really specifically, they're going to assume that you have the solution. Um, and so that comes to the fourth thing that you want on your homepage is you want to pose your offer or your therapy as the solution to those pain points that you just laid out. So the headline of this section might be, you don't have to live in a constant state of worry. And then you you lay out your practice there, maybe some details about it and link to book a consultation. Or you might have a button here too that links to your services page if you want to explain a little bit more. Um, and that way someone might be ready to book now or they might need to learn a little bit more about, about your therapy practice. 
And so the fifth section then on your homepage is a how it works section. And so to therapists, it might be really obvious how it works, like you book a call, whatever. But to someone who's new to therapy, just laying out how it works is going to be really, you know, it's just going to be calming for them. They want to know, especially someone that struggles with anxiety, like they want to know what to expect. And so you want to keep this preferably to three steps and at least under five steps. So I know there might be like more details of like how it actually works, but just give like the broad overview of how it works just to get started working with you. So the sixth thing then that you want on on your homepage is testimonials. So nowadays it's so important having testimonials is just like reading reviews on Amazon. You know, it's really important. People really put a lot of stock in what and other people's experiences and social proof is just a must have. So whether that's one big impactful testimonial or a slider of them or both, it's just good to have have that, especially if that testimonial talks about, you know, how they were experiencing this specific pain point and how it was resolved within your therapy practice. Um, That's really good to have. So one thing that's really important to talk about with testimonials in the case of therapists is that we cannot actually uh, request testimonials from our clients. So I totally agree with you. Testimonials are really important. And the way a lot of therapists will get those is they'll reach out to colleagues and ask for testimonials from them. So it's actually unethical to do that with clients. Clients can, out of the blue, of their own volition, create testimonials, but we can never even ask them. In fact, it might even be inappropriate or unethical to let them know that we're accepting testimonials. So this is something that is particular to psychotherapy practices that doesn't exist in a lot of other businesses. Um, And this is because our work with specific clients is confidential. And because of the power dynamic inherent in the therapist-client relationship, uh, any ethical board would tell you that you, you can never ask clients for testimonials. Occasionally, <laughs> occasionally, clients may be so wowed by your services that they'll go on Yelp or something like that, create a business profile for your business and leave a testimonial. Okay, if it's up there, that may be fair game. I always suggest that therapists check in with whatever their local uh, professional board is, the BBS. And if you're an MFT in California, you can check in with CAMPED. Always cross your T's and dot your I's when it comes to this, because if you were to put a testimonial on your website when you weren't supposed to, you would absolutely be breaking confidentiality, and that would be a big, big problem. (laughs) So this isn't meant to scare you. This is meant for you to uh, be really thoughtful about this. Again, testimonials from uh, colleagues who are familiar with your work can be a great thing to have in place of this. So if you have people you've been in supervision with, Uh, your supervisor themselves, your consultant, uh, anybody who would be familiar with your work from a clinical perspective could be a good stand-in to write a testimonial in place of an actual client. Yes, totally. Yeah. In that case, I think it would be probably the easiest then to have one big impact testimonial from a colleague. I think that would be great. But then the seventh thing you need can also stand in if you don't have testimonials from colleagues. Um, which are having your credentials or features or some statistics on there. Like maybe you can say how many clients you've worked with or how many years you've been in practice. And you can state any any publications you've been featured in or where you've gone to school. Like those things also can legitimize your business similar to how a testimonial would. 
Um, and so, yeah, that's the seventh thing you, you have on your website, but it kind of goes hand in hand with that testimonial of having that social proof. So it can kind of be one or the other. And then the eighth thing that you want on your website is a mini about section. So you don't want to just like spew all of the fun facts about yourself in this section. You want to tell your story as it relates to your client. Um, you do want to let your personality shine through, though, because you um, are going to be working closely with this person. I know there's probably like a wall of like professionalism you need as a therapist, but I think it does help for clients. Like I have been in therapy myself just to know a little bit about this person. And like, you know, you're telling your whole life story to them. And so like having just a little bit of your personality shine through in this mini about section, in addition to just telling your story as it relates to your client, I think is really helpful. You don't want this to be a huge section. You can have a button that links to the about page where you you share a little bit more about yourself. But I think you for sure want to include something on your homepage about you. Agreed. This is changing more and more. I think client, like what we expected from therapists in the past is different than what clients are wanting and expecting from therapists now. I still think it's really important to, whenever I'm talking with clients and they're trying to figure out, well, how much personal information do I share? Sometimes uh, that's coming from a place of like, well, I really don't want to share certain information, but do I have to in order to get clients? And my answer to that is always no. And sometimes it's coming almost from the other direction where it's like, I really don't mind sharing this, but I'm worried that that might somehow be like unethical or I could get in trouble from the other good therapists out there. And to that, I say, share whatever you want to share. If you're okay with your clients knowing that, that's fine. And people are going to choose their therapist accordingly. People who really want therapists who are more of that traditional blank slate are going to encounter a therapist who's sharing personal information online and say, I don't want to work with them. Great. They'll go somewhere else. People who are really wanting to feel like their therapist is more of a rounded person and have a sense of them are going to love seeing that information about you online. So I really think it's you get to create the sort of presence you want and the right kind of people are going to be attracted to you. So it's like find your own comfort zone. Either way is totally fine. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I think that kind of comes back to niching a little bit too, because when I was looking for therapists, I didn't necessarily look for that, but it would have been really helpful for me to like know this person more or if they had like expressed that they're just like, you know, a very, you know, personable, like they have more personality because everybody I've worked with has been like a dead wall and that just like wasn't and that's maybe why it wasn't a great fit. And so I think that's I think that's really important to think about like what kind of therapist you want to be and how you want to express yourself on your website and online and wherever else you might be showing up. Yeah. So then the the ninth thing that therapists should have on their homepage is a frequently asked question. So you can kind of get ahead of objections here in this section. You can just anticipate those questions or questions that you get asked a lot. I think it's just important to have this. People are oftentimes looking for that on your homepage. Then the 10th thing that you want on your homepage is an email opt-in. Um, and so I think this might be beating a dead horse because everyone's always talking about email opt-in. And I guess I actually don't know if this is allowed on a therapy site is having an email opt-in now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. So I can say a little bit about this because I've I've called Camped and I've had conversations with them about this. So therapy is really limited in terms of what is and what is not therapy. So therapy is individual, couple, family, child, or group therapy speaking engagements, workshops, um, even clinical trainings, uh, writing books, running programs, none of that is therapy. And so 
depending on how you're thinking about it, like probably when you're talking to most boards or professional associations, they'll tell you that those things should be separate. So if your freebie is really on your therapy website that people are going to opt into is only ever to funnel people into your therapy services, then there's not really conflict there. If you are going to also market to those people, other workshops you're doing or books that you're writing, uh, worksheets, whatever, then we may be getting into um, not a good place. That could be, that's definitely ethically hazy. It could even be like a complete no-no, right? Because your therapy practice, your therapy business should only be funneling people into actual therapy services. Because as a licensed therapist, uh, you have a, a, des- a type of business that is designated as a professional business. This is a business that only licensed professionals can have. So like a, a doctor's office, that's a professional type of business. A therapist, um, anyone who holds a license, you have a business that is tied to your license. Therefore, any of the business things happening within that should be related to your license. And if they're not, those actually belong in a different business. So a lot of therapists are thinking, okay, well, not only do I want people on my email list and I want to fill my practice, but I would also really love to build and market this low-cost course I want to create. Well, unfortunately, those two things, they don't belong together and they should remain separate. Again, I'm not a lawyer. (laughs) I'm not on any ethical boards. So I always recommend you check with your own local professional organization, your licensing board, um, but based on the information that I've gathered, that's that's the sense that I've gotten. So again, it seems to me like it would be okay if you're really just funneling people back to your therapy services. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. I have seen email opt-ins on other therapists' websites, so I assume that was okay. But, you know, I think always double-checking is a good thing. But I think email marketing would be really impactful for a therapist because, it is so personal for the person sharing. And so like if you're in their inbox every day, I think that really helps them familiarize themselves with your services. And, you know, it's just it's so personal that I think being in someone's email is a really good way to attract those clients. Um, I saw today Therapy for Black Girls. They have an email opt-in right in their header, which if you're thinking about strategy and you know that email is how you get most clients, like you might want to bump this section up to the very first thing on your site. But again, it depends on your strategy and if email is somewhere that you do get a lot of clients. Absolutely. I want to add into this about the whole keeping your therapy practice really separate from anything else you're doing. That can be hard for therapists because we're thinking, well, I want to scale my business and I've already spent all this time developing this niche. Like I, it would be so easy just to like make this, make this course. And I want to say like, you should still do that just have that be a separate business entity and a separate website. Um, And I think it would even be fair that on your therapy website, if people are wanting to move in the direction of like free workshops or coaching offers, that you can always link to that other website, right? If someone is from out of, let's go back to the women with anxiety. If someone is from out of state and they would benefit from this, uh, you know, low cost course that you're doing, you could always have them redirect them to your other website where they could get those coaching and training services, right? 
where you wouldn't be providing psychotherapy, but you would be providing content that would still be relevant to them. And earlier, we had a guest on the show, April Snow, who works with highly sensitive people. And she does this in a variety of ways. She does this in her therapy practice. She does this as a consultant, and she keeps those businesses separate. And she's done that in a really strategic, smart way. So if you're ever curious about what that actually looks like in practice to have one niche, but apply it across different types of offers and even different types of businesses, that's a really great example. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it also just helps keep things really clean. I think for SEO purposes, too, of like really making sure that each website is specific and targets different keywords because you would target different keywords for your therapy practice versus like, you know, if you have different um, course offers or things like that. So that's awesome. Then the 11th thing that you want on your homepage is kind of like a last ditch pitch section. So you're going to have a call to action that calls out like either the pain point or the dream scenario of your ideal client with a a button um, that takes them to the schedule consultation or call now button, whatever that may be. So it's just a standalone section that says like, you deserve more than living in a constant state of worry, something along those lines for your ideal client then with that button. And so the last thing that you need on your homepage is professional photos. So you won't have a ton of photos on of yourself probably on the homepage, but at least in that mini about section, no like fuzzy iPhone photos. Like it really, it really does elevate your site to have professional photography done. And so that's something that I always recommend to all of my clients is to get professional photography done. It's well worth the investment. So yeah, those are the 12 things that therapists should have on their homepage. Uh, I love that. That was so helpful. I love how simple you made it. These are things that even if you're at the point where you're not ready to go hire a professional designer, like a lot of these things that you just shared, Sarah, are are things that someone can go on their website and just tweak really quickly. They can go add that button that they may have removed because they thought, oh, that's old. Everybody has that. I don't want to be like everybody. And that's mm-hmm. such a great example of like, no, no, this is one of the things that you do want to keep. Yeah. So I love that. And we will also make sure to link to your website so that people can go get the resource, uh, your guide on how to implement this on their website, because that sounds really, really useful for them to have. Yes, definitely. It definitely is something that people are able to do themselves if they're they're interested in like DIYing it. Yeah, it's super doable. Awesome. So you've just talked us through what should be on a homepage, but that's what to do, right? So what Mm -hmm. is the difference between a good website and Uh, a not so great one, maybe like a bad website. How are we going to tell the difference? What are the things maybe we shouldn't be doing on our websites? Yeah, so there are two things I think about when it comes to a good website and a not so great website. Um, It's aesthetically. So you it's I think it's obvious when you hop on a website, and it's just a little ugly, you know, it's like lacking some cohesion, maybe the spacing is off, they got 10 different fonts going on. So I think that's number one is that it's just not aesthetically pleasing website. And I think that shows that like, you know, you haven't gotten it done professionally. It it makes your business look much more legitimate when it is a beautiful website. Um, And so the second thing then is strategically, if there's no real flow to the website, um, you can kind of tell when someone puts just like the first things that came to mind as they were doing this, like there wasn't really any rhyme or reason to it. Like maybe their bio with their whole life story is like, the second section on their website, or they have an inspirational quote in the header without any call to action buttons. And like, people just don't know what you want, like what action to take. It's really helpful for people to know, like, what do you want from me when I'm on a website? Like, what am I supposed to do? Do you want me to schedule a call? Like, 
they don't know how they're going to be able to be helped. And so that's those are the two big things is aesthetically and strategically, those that's what differentiates a good website from a bad website. Yeah, I love that. I'm really hearing over and over again in how you're talking about this that we we really want to make it as easy as possible for the person on the website. And as <laughs> as a, a therapist fresh out of therapy school, I and like so many of my other colleagues, I think we can kind of nerd out on our websites and forget that the purpose of the website is to help the client move through their purchasing process. And instead, we'll use it as a place to talk about all of our credentials and our education and all of the trainings we've done. We'll, yeah, put these kind of like quotes where people are like, okay, cool, but like, why? Like, I like, sure, I like that quote too, but what is the purpose? And I'm really hearing that they're strategic tools for us in our businesses. They're, they're not for us exactly. They're for the client and helping them through this stage of their process. And I would say, you know, oftentimes people end up on our websites either through a Google search. Um, maybe they went to a therapist directory first. Maybe they found us through, um, say, Instagram or some other social media media marketing. And when they're on their web- our websites, they're really at a point of trying to decide, am I going to, I'd like to hire someone most likely, or I'm at least thinking about it. And I want to find out if this is the person for me or not. Does this website make me want to? Uh, click that button and like sign up for a call or send them an email. And so that's the purpose uh, ultimately. So when I'm advising therapists on their websites, I'm really encouraging them most of the time to keep it really simple. And again, those really clear calls to action, tell people exactly what you want them to do. This can be an odd thing for therapists because we tend to oftentimes want to hang back a little bit. Uh, we're concerned ethically about putting too much pressure on the client. But remember, when someone's on your website, you're not interacting with them in real time. So it's a it's not the same as like encountering a person on the streets and being like, book a consultation call with me. This is a website. They're there because they're trying to make a decision. And that is the next step they need to take if they are going to ultimately work with you. Yeah. And like you have mentioned before, too, like you're doing them a service by marketing. Um, because they need what you have to offer. And your website is a huge marketing tool. And if it's not helping you get clients and it's not clear to your clients what they need to do, like your website is basically pointless. And so you do need to be quote unquote a little bit pushy. It doesn't come across that way when you're on a website. But um, to put those buttons everywhere and to make it really clear what you want them to do, because that's how you're going to be able to help them. Yeah. So this is making me think about a therapist really needing to be clear about what is the process that a client is going to go through from first learning about you to actually becoming a client. It strikes me that we're going to need to know what that process is, because if we're unclear or if there isn't a consistent process, then it's going to be really hard for us to craft a website to take a client through that, right? If sometimes we're having phone calls and then other times people are sending emails and sometimes like there's just a bunch of different ways for this to happen, I would say this is probably a good time to really clarify and say, okay, what exactly is my onboarding process? And to your point about listing those three to five next steps, the how it works section, simplify how it works. This would be good for you to know too, as the practitioner and the business owner, because this is going to streamline your process. 
This is going to make it easier to onboard more clients. If you ever want an admin assistant working in your business, you're going to want a clear process so that they can know what it is and so that they can do it effectively. Yeah, that is so true. Um, yeah, I just think it's so important to make sure that you know what what the steps are for a client that they need to take in order to um, start working with you. And like I mentioned before, some people know that email marketing is how it works. And so you do need to think through like, should that be higher up on my page or should it be lower down? But just knowing how clients get to you and how it works, yeah, is so important. As you've been talking about how to build a good website, I'm also thinking about the people who are starting out and and they are not gifted when it comes to graphic design. And they are maybe hearing this and feeling a little bit like, oh my God, I I am just so far away with that. I shouldn't even build a website. I'm, if I do, it's going to be ugly. <laughs> and like, I don't even want to do this, but I also don't have the money to hire someone to do this. And to people who are listening to this and might be feeling a little bit like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. My advice would be to do it anyway. Like make the ugly website, uh, get it out into the world because even if it's not the most effective website, it is better than nothing. And I do think that, you know, for some of us, that we either don't have the current skill to execute on this in a way that you're uh, advising, and we couldn't, we don't necessarily have the funds to do it. So when I'm talking to people who are maybe at an even earlier stage or, or have more limited resources, the thing that I typically talk about is you just need a website where somebody can see who you are, see that you're taking on clients and be able to take the next step, whether that's filling out a form or sending you an email, like bare minimum, that's what you need. You need a URL that says who you are, who you work with and gives them a next step. All the things that you're describing are so great to have, but when push comes to shove, that's a great place to start. So I just want to say that for folks, because I think that's really important to know that there are so many different levels to this. So many different places where you can kind of jump into this process, whether you're able to do all the things Sarah's recommending or maybe even hire Sarah, or you're at a place way earlier than that, which I know is where I started. I started uh, with a template on Squarespace um, and I just like plugged in the information there. And over the years, my website has really transformed, but that didn't happen all at once. Yeah, I a thousand percent agree. As someone who loves beautiful things, beautiful websites, like a website is so much better than no website. Like, I think we've all been very frustrated by Google searching something, coming across a listing, and there's no website. And you're like, I just need some more information. And I've seen entrepreneurs with like butt ugly websites making multiple six figures a year. So, like, a website is so much better than no website for sure. That's a great point. I mean, as much as these are recommended, it is not always the case that not having a beautiful website is going to mean you can't be successful in business. And that's a piece of mindset work that I've really had to install because I can always find reasons for why my business shouldn't or can't succeed because there are already too many people specializing in this because they already have all of these resources because I'm joining the game too late because I don't have this skill or this asset. This means I can't do it. And I think what's really important for every business owner, especially solo entrepreneurs, especially therapists and coaches, is to really believe that nothing can hold you back. Your primary job is to get out there and do your best. You never know what's going to attract someone to you, 
how they're going to find you, who else is out there in the world talking about your work. And if you're hearing this and you're thinking, well, I can't do what Sarah's recommending, therefore I can't have a successful business, I want to invite you to just get rid of that thought right now. In fact, that's neither of us are saying that. Sarah's certainly not saying that. You just heard her say that a website is better than no website. And there are tons of entrepreneurs out there that have used other ways to generate attracting clients beyond having a really flashy, beautifully made website. There are plenty of examples out there of successful entrepreneurs who are able to do this without having a a modern, (laughs) beautiful website. So we're giving you the best practices, but we also definitely don't want to communicate this idea that you have to have this in order to succeed, right? Exactly. I think too, it's just something like once you get your business going and you feel like you want to elevate or like it for sure is something that can help you grow your business. But like you're saying, it doesn't need to stop you from having a successful business. Um, And so like it's when you're ready to elevate or take it to the next steps or I mean, the things I shared today, like you can totally add a button to your site for free. Like that's super easy and you can do that yourself. So yeah, this should not be a barrier to entry in any way. Absolutely. And I think, you know, for a lot of people who are just starting out and maybe don't really know what their focus is in their therapy practice, that may not be the right time (laughs) to spend a bunch of money on branding because you may have to do some work ahead of that. You may have to really feel into who do I want to work with? Because you're, you know, if you're going to invest in branding, that's typically a pretty significant investment. And if you're not clear on that yet, that may not be exactly the right time. I totally agree that if you're brand new and you're kind of figuring things out as you go, like sometimes you just got to throw shit at the wall and see what works and you don't want to make a huge investment because like if you make a huge investment and then you pivot later on, like you might have to redo a bunch of things and that's that's not 100%. ideal. Yeah, I do want to share like there are templates you can use if you want a head start that's like a couple hundred dollar investment. So like you don't have to start from scratch because it will save you time if you start with like a few hundred dollar investment. It doesn't have to be a thousand dollar investment either. So there are smaller scale ones that that can work for a newer therapist. Yes, I agree completely. Uh, there are a whole range of different products and services that you can use from like a completely custom website with like branding packages involved and like all of the stuff to a template that is already really beautiful that you can plug your own information to. And for folks who are just getting started and don't yet have a lot of clarity on their business, that is probably the best entry point. And then once you get more clarity, once you're starting to find your your voice, your messaging, your people, all of that, and you've built up some sense of consistency where you know you're going to want to stick with this, that's maybe the time when you're going to want to elevate your brand, elevate your website, and do more of that work with a designer. Yep, for sure. So whether that's yeah, custom or semi-custom, but I just really like how we're talking about this because so many people I think recently have been saying like, if you don't buy my product or my service, like you can't succeed or there's this such black and white marketing. So I love that we're, we're bringing this up because you really, and as a perfectionist, like it's so easy to say like, oh, I can't really get started until my website is perfect or until like, I feel ready, you know, like I I struggle with that too. And so I just really want to reiterate again that like you, you just don't need it to be perfect to get started. Absolutely. And I think for therapists, websites is a place where that can really come into play 
Because unlike, say, you know, a post you're going to put on social media, websites can feel more permanent and more substantial. So oftentimes we'll really drag our feet when it comes to our websites. Uh, We'll also really drag our feet when it comes to naming our businesses. I know a lot of therapists can get really hampered by things that ultimately are not that significant to the success of your business. It's not that they don't matter, but it's that we can sometimes get wrapped up in rehashing that. And what I think most of the time is that's a distraction from you you doing the work you actually need to do which is getting yourself out there and figuring out how to get those clients and angsting over the specific name you're going to choose is keeping you from doing that, right? Hesitating on pushing that publish button on your website is keeping you from doing that. So I sometimes like to encourage people to just pick something, knowing that you get to change it just so you can get that out of the way because it's it's that whole uh, blank page situation, right? When we're staring at a blank page, it can be really hard to make that initial mark on the page, to get started. But once you have something that exists, it's so much easier to edit it. Now, naming your business, you don't just get to like edit that. You know, if you've named your business, you may have to go and register a new business name, but it's not the end of the world. You can totally do it. I've done it. <laughs> I've, I have notoriously chosen really weird names for my businesses, but I feel like I'm starting to uh, work that out. It's not so, it's not so out there anymore. But I've I've chosen names for my businesses that have been really weird. And I, you know, I didn't let that stop me. I still got clients. I still earned money. And when I was ready to make a change, I made a change. It's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I started out my business as Sarah Bussy Design. And I mean, my last name is not the best last name. I was like, I I just need something else. And so I just chose Magdalene Design Co. one day because... And I think designers can get away with it. You know, it's just kind of like fruity. You do whatever you want and it works because you're a web designer. But um, I like St. Mary Magdalene and that's why I chose it. I was like, I just like this name. I'm just going to do it. And so it works and it's it's a little bit unique. And even if you do choose your name, maybe you have a cooler name than I do. But, you know, it really it really doesn't have to be perfect. And you do get to change it. I think it is like such a mental block of like when you start your business, like you need to have the perfect name. But if you have like you're getting started, you have 200 followers on Instagram and you decide to change it, like it's not a big deal. And so let yourself change it if if that's what you need to do. Absolutely. I hear a lot of therapists express concern about making changes or just sometimes also marketing different things like say they're marketing, uh, filling up like a group therapy program and like, you know, they didn't fill it up. So now they're worried about continuing to talk about it because everyone's going to know that they didn't fill up their group. And the good and bad news is that no one is paying that much attention to you. But you know, it's like both a a good thing because it means that probably no one cares. Um, It's a bad thing because like, yeah, it really is true that we need to put a lot of information out there to actually get people's attention, right? So people aren't tracking this. They don't really care. And in the off chance that they do, that person probably wasn't going to hire you in the first place. Or if they will, they're kind of like judging you now and they're going to come around later because they're going to be like, oh, that was really interesting that I was judgy about that person and their process. That's actually a reflection of me. Hmm, I wonder how they can actually help me with this, right? So it's like either way, it's okay for you to change your mind. Yeah, that's something that I have had to work through a lot too. Um, and 
like have it having the most perfect thing, especially as a web designer. It's like it can take you so long to get it right because like you're the web designer. It has to look perfect. And so, yeah, it definitely just things just don't need to be perfect. And that's what I'm learning. Um, and like, go ahead and like say that you you still have spots open. Like, who cares? That's not a reflection of your therapy practice at all. It's just you're working on your marketing. That's all, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm always talking about how we we're creating reality through the stories we tell ourselves and the meaning we make. We are meaning making animals. Reality is what it is. It's it, There's not a lot of meaning except for the meaning that we impose on it. And so if you're going to be making up stories, make up a better one. Make up one that motivates you. Make up one that is generous and kind. It's not helpful to be telling yourself that you don't have clients because you're a piece of shit. It's like, like you said, it can be more neutral than that. It can be like, oh, well, I'm just still working on my marketing. And of course that is true. Why wouldn't that be true? Of course that's part of this. Oh, I'm just working on my marketing. I don't, this isn't embarrassing. This is just the current reality. And what is my goal? Recentering on what is my goal? Well, my goal is to have a successful business and to attract clients. Okay, great. So what's the best move? Is it to beat yourself up for not having set clients or is it to get your ass out there and start attracting those clients? right? Like let's refocus the energy away from beating ourselves up and onto actions that are actually going to move us toward our goal. Now, Sarah, I want to ask you uh, just a couple more questions before you go. I would love to hear a little bit about why you started your business. Yeah. So I started my business kind of like I mentioned before, ultimately to help people and to achieve lifestyle freedom that I was looking for. So growing up, I thought, um, I wanted to help people in some capacity. I always imagined working for a nonprofit, working for UNICEF, like traveling to Africa, working in orphanages, something like that. Um, but when I got out of college, I worked for a law firm. And I don't know why I ended up there or how, because it was just awful. It was a toxic environment, so corporate. Um, and so then I went the opposite route and started working for a really small nonprofit, thinking that would be a lot better. And it was for a while, but it's still, I still wasn't making the impact that I wanted to. I was getting paid pennies. Um, but while I was there, I came across web design. I built the website for them. And I just decided one day, kind of out of the blue, that I was going to start a web design business. Um, I took a little course on it and I just started. And I realized that I, you can help people so much better. Like I mentioned before, when you are getting compensated fairly and you have more capacity to give in other ways too in your life. Um, and so that's just, I'm just at a place now where helping people grow their businesses, especially therapists, is the impact that I do want to make in the world, even if it's not exactly what I imagined that I would be doing when I was young. I think that's a really important story for people to hear that the type of impact you're going to make gets to change. It gets to look different than what you initially thought it was going to be. For therapists, we often think about our impact as being working with individual clients to help improve their lives. And that's what we have to be doing. And the way that we're serving people is through charging really, really low rates for that so that the people, anyone can get it, right? And we fail to consider that there are a lot of other ways for us to have impact. So I often think about like, how am I impacting my family members? Uh, how am I impacting my community outside of the clients that I work with directly? How am I impacting my world? So Sarah, if you don't mind, I wonder if you could share a little bit about like, yeah, how has shifting how you show up in your business to being compensated well for your services changed the impact that you're having? Yeah. I mean, when you're charging like minimum fees and you're just kind of in a state of depletion, I feel like 
you're not full of life and you're not really able to be your highest self when you're just living your regular life, whether that's with family or in your community. I think charging those higher rates give you, gives you the ability to not, you're not worrying about money all the time. You're able to like live your life without that stress and you're able to yeah, have that capacity to give more, to volunteer, to like, I think it just like opens up the, your brain space to like have more room for other things in your life. Absolutely. And I know you mentioned earlier that you you have a new child. So I'm curious, like how showing up in your business this way has impacted your being a mother and being a spouse. Uh, how does this change how you're able to be with your family members? I mean, granted, this is your current reality. So I guess I'm kind of asking, how do you think it would be if you were still making what you were making when you're working at that nonprofit or having the kind of quality of life that you had when you were working for the law firm, but you really didn't like being there. It wasn't a great environment for you. How do you think being in this, in your own business, making the kind of decisions you've made have, have changed how you've been able to be in your family? Yeah, totally. Um, I'm able to be present with my family when I'm with them. And I don't have to go in to an office, you know, go to a nine to five, like I get to work from home and I get to spend time, more time with my baby and my husband. And I think it is just like the mental capacity that you have for your family. Like when you're with them, you're really with them. When you have a business that gives you life and is not just sucking the life out of you, like working at a law firm or something like that. I think it just comes down to really being able to be present with the people in your life. Absolutely. And therapists are so good at doing that for and with their clients. And I think it's really important to remember that part of the impact we get to have is being uh, the kind of family members that we want to be, that even if that was your only reason for changing your therapy practice, that is a good enough reason mm -hmm. because these are the people you've chosen to spend your life with. And if you're the way that you're showing up in your business is such that you feel like you can't be the type of family member you'd like to be, then that can be a good enough reason to change. Um, and so I just want to kind of give permission to therapists that are listening that you that <laughs> you get to do that. You get to make those kinds of decisions for yourself. All right, Sarah. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on today. I You let me know ahead of the show that there's a sort of special gift that you want to give listeners to the show. So I'm wondering if you can tell people a bit about that. Yeah, totally. Um, so I just launched something called Semi-Custom Websites. Um, it's kind of a cross between a do-it-yourself website template and a custom website. So with a DIY template, you purchase it at a really low price, but then you do all of the work, the customization, the tech integration, like the backend stuff, and they're sold over and over again. So you're not really getting a unique website necessarily. Whereas custom design is a much higher price, but you don't do any of the work like besides content gathering, and it is one of a kind. But these semi-custom websites are only sold 12 times, and then I take care of all the customization, the tech stuff, and all the strategy like done for you. And so it's half the price or less of a custom design, so it's just kind of that nice, that nice um, balance between the DIY and the custom. Plus, you get to see what the website looks like before you buy it, which is always fun. You know, There's no guessing if you're going to hate your custom website or not. So yeah, I do have a code for your listeners. It's the bad therapist 25 all caps, the bad therapist for 25% off the semi-custom design. Wow, that is an amazing deal. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I'm sure people will be snapping that up because it sounds like you've just really done a lot of the work <laughs> for us. And I think, you know, the last thing we want is to have a website that's going to be a dime a dozen on the internet. Like I'm thinking of some Squarespace websites that have been really popular for therapists over the years. And like every time I see that template, I'm like, 
down to like the stock photos that people aren't changing. I'm just like, oh yeah, I know that. I know that template. So this sounds like a great option for somebody who is established or already has like a really clear idea of who they want to work with. Uh, they do want something that's sleek and professional, but they also don't want to spend tons and tons of money on a custom website. So this sounds awesome. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Sarah. Thank you. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope this episode has helped you feel more confident creating a website that will help bring clients into your practice. Thanks for tuning in. And I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. Please leave a review and the five-star rating if you found this helpful. And make sure to come say hi to me on Instagram at The Bad Therapist. I'll see you next week. That's all today for The Bad Therapist Show. Thanks so much for hanging with me. I hope you got some gems that you can start using right away in your own business so that you can break out of good therapist conditioning and build the business that you want. If you've gotten something out of this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with one of your good therapist friends who really needs to hear it. And while you're at it, please consider leaving a rating and or review so that we can change not just our individual businesses, but transform the mental health system that got us here in the first place. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week for more private practice and coaching tips. Remember, bad therapists make the best therapists.